Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. This is episode 37, and our special guest is Travis Wright. The title is Grab the Stick, what you need to know to take control of your career progression. Do you feel like your career and career path is stuck in neutral? Are you uncertain about what's next for you and the best strategies to find those answers? Are you willing to ask yourself the challenging questions and ask for what you want? Our special guest, Travis Wright, is going to cover these questions and many more as we explore all things career growth and transition. Travis's own journey began in aviation as an Army helicopter pilot. He was later an airline pilot, then became a military staff officer, and eventually a management consultant. He also had a role as a liaison to the White House from the Drug Policy Office. Travis is currently the Director of Growth at Three Gimbals, a services firm that supports the intelligence community. He's also an author, a speaker, and a consultant that helps people with their career progression and transition. Listen in as we share ideas on what it takes to grow yourself and your career. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We've got a really intriguing guest. He had my attention. You know the movie, Jerry Maguire, when she says, you had me at hello. Well, when I saw Travis's bio, I said, you had me at disruption. (laughs) It was early on in his bio. So we've got Travis Wright with us today, coming to us from, um, he'll give a little bit of his background, but really interesting history. Uh, Went, started in the military and the army, helicopter pilot, went on to the, became an airline pilot back in the military, got into uh, management consulting. He was, one of his really interesting roles was he was a liaison to the White House around drug policy office. So he's, you know, he's played on a lot of different stages in his career, had some wins, had some losses, some stumbles. Uh, He has a book called Making New Mistakes, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some point. So today, Travis is uh, author, leader, team builder, coach, and he's here today to share some, drop some wisdom on us today. So welcome, (laughs) Travis. Yeah, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Craig, and for that, that great intro. I really appreciate it. So give us a little bit of the story. I gave a thumbnail, Travis, but what do folks need to know about your story that gets us here today? Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny when I when I hear my bio or I write my bio, I'm like, man, what does this guy do? Make up your mind, you know, pick something, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, but um, I really, I, 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 I like uh, different things. I get really passionate, get really deep into, into different things. And then once I'm kind of done, I'm like, all right, now what? You know, I've kind of, I've kind of done this. And I've noticed throughout my career, each of the different stages, I've seen those things happen. I went into flying. I was all into flying ever since I was a kid and I was able to do it halfway through my, or, you know, about 10 years into the army of doing that. I was like, well, I've flown everything. I've been where I've wanted. I've been the units I've wanted to be in. All right, what next? Do I want to do 10 more years of this? Kind of the same thing when I went to the airline. I was like, all right, I kind of flew in, you know, these different, area, uh, different areas. Do I spend another 20 years or 25 years doing this? 
and then the same thing as you know becoming a uh, a management consultant and even as my staff officer job i'm like all right kind of what's next and i used to you know the the, the term that always comes to mind is you know uh Jack of all trades and master of none. And I'm like, well, that sounds kind of crappy as a career, you know, <laughs> you know kind of a career path to, to take that. Then I stumbled across uh, Charlie Munger. And who, if you don't know, your listeners don't know, he's Warren Buffett's right-hand man. This is his business partner. They've been friends for you know, 100 years. And he talked about being a, uh, maybe not literally, but close to yeah. like. <laughs> Um But he is a, uh, he has this term he calls, uh, terms himself as an expert generalist. So he goes really deep down these these rabbit holes of um, these obscure topics and just knows these these different things, and then he lifts and shifts and goes to a different topic. What that enables him to do is to kind of look across these different industries and topic areas and make these connections that that other people really can't make. And it's you know made him incredibly wealthy and helps him to make a lot of great uh, business decisions. And to, to be clear, I'm no Charlie Munger. I don't go that deep. You know, I don't have that that kind of mind. But that's that's what I aspire to is something like that. And I've really found that that's um, helpful to me as I kind of you know, figure out this weird bits of knowledge that I have and, and, and that sort of thing and make these different connections. Well, I think it's uh, fantastic that you actually took the time to ask the question, do I want to continue doing this? Because so many people get stuck in, I just do it and I'm going to be mindless about it. And I'm just going to keep on going down this career path that I've chosen rather than taking stock every once in a while. And I'd, I'd suggest doing it on an annual basis yeah. and just saying, you know, is life going the way that we want? Jeff and I had this discussion about the podcast the other day as well. Just are we, are we going where we want it? And it's, it's a healthy question. Absolutely. Um, I had a, when I was running a team at my previous company, I would recommend to our consultants when we would have our performance reviews and that sort of thing. And I'd be like, you know, you should go out at least once a year and apply and actually interview for another job. Maybe apply for a couple different jobs, but at least interview for another job, right? Just to see, because I'm interested in, in their development and, and their growth, yeah. but see what else is out there. You know, maybe this is right. Maybe you're like, maybe there's a, an aspect of it that's kind of kind of getting in your craw that you don't like. So you want to get through that and not just leave just because, ah, well, I had a bad day, so I'm out of here. You just make that decision <laughs> arbitrarily. But then if you look at it, you say, you know what, I really want to work in that industry. That really is, is appealing to me where I want to move now really makes sense. So, so I agree with you 100%, Craig. Yeah, yeah at least every year, I've, like I said, I've actually encouraged people to do that. That's why mm. I think it's important. Well, and Travis, it's interesting because you've got, and I'm a, I'm a, as Craig knows, I focus a lot on people's words. <laughs> yes. I think there's great power in words and mm-hmm. context of words. And what you talked about, and one of your topics is, career progression and transition. And I, Mm -hmm. I sense that most of the attention even today is on transition. You know, someone loses a job or something changes. I've got to figure out my transitions, what's next, but the progression probably because it starts with P is really to me about being more purposeful Mm -hmm. and asking those questions. And, you know, Craig talked about those questions. I know I did that. You don't know this, but I started my career as a lawyer and I was head down that's what I want to do. Here's where I want to get to. Mm. And in 10 years after law school, I was there and I hadn't paid attention, but, but I did pause and say, okay, I've achieved my goal. Now what? Yeah. And for me, it meant, okay, I'm going to leave here and start my own law firm. And then later it led to me quitting being a lawyer. And I think sometimes, I guess this is the question in here, talk about progression versus transition. Mm. And also, you know, 
what might get in the way of people asking, asking those questions along the way? Why don't they ask? Well, and I'll, I'll start with that question, right? It's, it's security, right? I've, I've got a job. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. You know, I got the commute. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have, you know, we don't have it now, right, as much. But, you know, it's, it's something about it. You know, I, I don't like my boss, but pays the bills. Um, you know, maybe the benefits or kids where they are, you know, in school and that sort of thing. I think a lot of those things play into it as far as, because it's easy just to kind of stay where you are and, and just kind of like, eh, I'll, I'll kind of deal with it. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of people that have acted that way. I've always been sort of restless and sort of looking for the next thing, like I need a new challenge. I will never be the person who's kind of putting the same rivet into the same hole on the factory <laughs> line, right? And some people find, yeah, exactly, some people find comfort in that, right? That's like, they, they sort of need that, that repetition and, and that sort of, my wife is a lot like that. She likes kind of the same thing. There's just mm-hmm. some, some security in that. And so I scared the hell out of her when I said, you know, we're working at the White House and, you know, going, uh, you know, uh, going there whenever we wanted. My son had his sixth birthday party at the bowling alley at the White House, which was amazing. And we did all these other cool things. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to leave. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? You know, it doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's taking that a little bit of that risk. Uh, an analogy that I use, because uh, I have to throw in some helicopter stuff when I talk about this. So a little <laughs> bit of the helicopter. So, so the coolest part about a helicopter is that it hovers. It's actually incredibly hard um, to learn and then to master, not only for the pilot, because there's a lot of like minute. Um, Corrections you have to make uh, the entire time, but it's also difficult on the helicopter. It takes a lot more power uh, from the engine, but even, even aerodynamically, you're getting stuck in what are called these vortices, mm-hmm. and they're just kind of recirculating this air back through, and it just makes it harder and harder to hold that position. And but you get used to it, right? You kind of get used to these different connections. You feel like you're doing all this work, but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> a lot of times in our career, it's the same sort of thing, right? Like I'm working incredibly hard because people, I think, they say, look. I'm doing a lot. I'm, I'm headed down the corporate ladder. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm flying this different helicopter or I'm in this different law firm. I got to get to that next role to get to partner or whatever it is in your industry. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm knuckled down and I'm, I'm doing this really not moving anywhere. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's safe. It's stable. You know, you're, you're in that one spot. What it takes though, is a little bit of forward momentum, a little bit of forward movement. And at first it might be a little rocky. It might be a little scary uh, to take that first uh, kind of step. But then eventually what happens is you get into this clean air and, in a helicopter anyway, and you get into that clean air and then you actually need less power and you're, it's easier to fly and that sort of thing. It's the same thing with your career, right? Taking that, uh, that next step to move into an area that you're not comfortable with to an area you don't know as much about, it's going to get these different synapses that maybe haven't fired in a while. I'm sure Jeff, when you move from being a lawyer to, actually having your own business like now you have to do sales and you have to do bookkeeping and hiring and, and you know marketing and all these other things that you probably didn't have to do before you know there are people that did that um so it's all these different synapses and and, and muscles that you have to to work on it and again that's scary it's uh yeah it's it's hard to do so hopefully at least i touched on some some of your question or some, some thoughts on that <laughs> well let me dig a little deeper on that question yeah. travis I, I i hear you and it makes total sense to me about the insecurity the thought that comes to me, I've seen it in myself and I see it in some mm-hmm. of my coaching clients is there's actually, I sense that there's this fear of even asking the question, mm. of even assessing. And, and what I believe it is, is I sort of know that if I assess this, I might actually find something out <laughs> that puts me in a place of, I need to change, but I don't. So 
do you see, do you run into that where there's resistance to even taking a look and asking those progression questions or future questions? Yeah, that's hard to take that, that, that look at yourself and to say, all right, this, these are some of my weak spots and these are some your flat spots or whatever you want to call them. It's not deficiencies necessarily. It's just like, hey, you know, maybe I'm just not good at th- this thing um, and that sort of thing. I think back to, uh, so yes, it does take some self-awareness to, to, and some self-confidence to kind of take that on, right? And say, look, I, you know, I'm not so good at this area. And it, I think we need to set realistic expectations for ourselves too. Like mm. you don't have to be good at everything, right? Okay. Especially as a leader, you don't have to know all these different areas. I, when I talk to new leaders, especially who have been, uh, they've been a, a you know, some sort of web, a program or IT person or whatever. And, you know, when they're really good at it, what do we do? We promote them. So now you're in charge <laughs> of this whole, this whole development area, right. right? So now, but they don't know anything about leadership necessarily. Hopefully we give them some good training, but it's, it's difficult because what got them to that role was being really good at coding. And, and now they, they're like, I know, you know, I know how it's supposed to be done. You need to do it my way, that sort of thing. It's very, right. very common. So when I talk to leaders who are in those, those new roles like that, like, you need to, to, to delegate as much as you can. Uh, it's really the, the first thing. And then think about, you know, the, the, if someone can do something 80% as good as you, that, then let them do it. Let them, let them run with it. Boy, that's and make tough. it happen. Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> it is hard. It is really hard uh, to, to, make those, to, uh, to make that happen. But it allows you to actually to, to grow and to build the other muscles that you need to actually get to that next level, from that first line supervisor to that next line supervisor. What's the role of people's hesitancy about even asking those questions, yeah. which we're, we're all agreeing are important questions mm-hmm. to assess where we're at. And my experience is a lot of people sometimes without realizing it are afraid to ask the question because they might get an answer that causes them to change. <laughs> like the, right. the question yeah. itself is disruptive. Yeah. All right. So you don't have to know everything. So find people who can shore you up. In, the, in those different areas where you, these identified, um, uh, again, I don't want to call them weaknesses, but, you know, growth areas, growth opportunities. Uh, I'm a big believer that you need to focus on your strengths. That's what's going to make you, you know, different and, and you know, you have the most energy for and that sort of thing. Address some of your growth areas, but don't focus on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then find people who can shore those up. So, for example, yes. I um, I am I'm not an the company that I work at now. Uh, we do open source intelligence, and it, we have a lot of analysts, and they're incredibly smart and that sort of thing. I don't do any of that. I don't know like that's not my background. I I don't know how that works at all. So when I go and talk about what we do, I have to rely on them to to help me out to to round out that flat spot. Like explain this to me, so then I can put it into a story and I can talk about how we do what we do, why it's special, why it's different, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, being comfortable and having that um, sort of self-confidence. Like, I don't, I don't mind looking dumb. I don't mind asking mm-hmm. those questions and saying, like, I don't know, right? Um, I think there's some power in that as well. We talked yes. about the power of words a little bit earlier, but I think it's okay to say, I don't, I don't have all the answers. You're not expected to have all of the answers when we look at leaders, what we're really looking for is not that you have all of, all of the knowledge and this instant recall of all these different facts that you can you know, make decisions. You can weigh these, what we call like these right versus right decisions, where there's not really a, a, a right answer. There's two right answers. And how do we kind of bounce those off of each other? That's what we're looking for, that discernment yeah. um, in leaders. So 
that's yeah. Hopefully I hopefully I hit a little bit closer there, Jeff, for you what you're what you're asking for. Well, I think it also comes back to, you know, if we have those two right answers, are is there one of those that maybe the team thinks is more important and, and we just defer to them and allow them to contribute to the, the answers as well? I think like right now, as we're going through COVID and we're when we were first stepping into it, I think especially people were really struggling with, okay, what are we going to do? We need to keep the doors open. We need to protect people. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were making these unilateral decisions instead of engaging their people and saying, what do you think? Yep. And how, how could we do this so that you feel comfortable, you feel safe, we're able to have continuity, whatever that means, what is, what is this going to look like? And I think this is really important that we in, include our team in that. I, th- I think you're right. And um, I think, you know, when we think about leadership, you know, think about this, this sort of continuum of, of leadership where maybe right after the, um, so I think about a, a local restaurant that we have uh, in the area. And I think a lot of restaurants have done the same thing, but, you know, they had to take these immediate steps of, you know, how are we going to maintain the viability of this, you know, of this restaurant? What are we going to do? And so, yes, you know, we, we have to close down and we have to, you know, but what can we think, you know, how do we start this, these um, curbside service and, and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. So at least I can keep, you know, the core of the business, the kitchen staff, I can keep them employed and um, keep them going. And so you need some of those immediate actions that like, this is for the survivability of the business. And then to your point, Greg, yeah, absolutely. It's thinking about, all right, now as we're getting past that crisis mode, now it becomes more of this collaborative sort of leadership style, kind of bringing in other, you know, other inputs from the team and from leader, you know, your leaders and that sort of thing that can kind of help guide the, the next decisions. Um, because when there's, when there's a fire, you know, I want someone who's authoritative and says, all right, you know, everybody go out this door, that sort of thing. But when it comes to, you know, um, some other decision about the, about the company and, you know, what kind of coffee are we going to have or something like that? You know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's figure out that. And those are silly examples, but that just to, to show that, you know, that's sort of how I view that sort of the spectrum of leadership and knowing when to use the right, um, the right type of leadership, which mm. popped in my mind with Craig, when you were talking about that, it's like, where on the spectrum do I need to be today? Where, you know, what does the, the team need? What's the organization need? Yeah. Situational leadership. And how much mm-hmm. of that was informed by your military training? Because certainly in the military, you have to be decisive. I mean, mm-hmm. your life and others are depending upon you making split second decisions if you're in the midst of, of a, a, an issue. Yeah, absolutely. And it's that that repetition, that, that training over and over the military is all about the, the training. So you don't think and that you just react. I remember mm-hmm. I had a particularly hard flight and I came in and it was really bad weather and, um, and, and that sort of thing. And I was just focused, you know, it was, it was stressful. It was all, every muscle in my body was tense and I landed and I was shutting down the helicopter and I looked at my, my, my leg was shaking and I was like, wow, you know, that, that really kind of, kind of got to me, but the army had trained the fear out of me. It's like, you need to, you know, accomplish this mission, you need to get down safely and that sort of thing. So, so that's where a lot of that, um, that, that comes from. That's not, you know, that's not necessary for, you know, other than, you know, life or death, you know, law enforcement, fire department, those people, we want to have the medical professionals, we want to have that sort of um, leadership style and that sort of thing. What I think that gave to me, though, Craig, was that um, when I came into the uh, sort of more of the office environment, and more of the um, you know, uh, 
program management and those sorts of things. So uh, I had no idea that, that my aviation background would prepare me for this, but you know, in aviation, obviously a lot of checklists and that sort of thing, yeah. a particular order and those sorts of things. So it made me a good project manager because you know, a checklist is basically a work breakdown structure. Right. So I was able to exactly. kind of break, that, break things down um, easily and, and figure out the order and that sort of thing. And gave me a little bit, uh, you know, helped to calm me down a little bit. You know, my demeanor was like, like all right, Nobody's shooting at me, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think we'll be okay through this, you know, through this staffing budget drill, right. You know, everybody else is right. excited. So, um, so I think that helped me, uh, you know, so the combination of, as you mentioned, you know, the military training and some aviation training sort of prepared me because I have this uh, already sort of orderly mind that I'm comfortable with mm-hmm. and um, processes that I'm used to and that sort of thing. And then kind of not getting too, too excited. I wish I could say I did it all the time, but yeah, for the most part, I get too excited about some of the mundane things that would go on. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. So Travis, talk to us, and I mentioned this phrase earlier, talk to us for you the difference between career progression and transition. Hmm. Yeah. So when I think about... It's interesting how close they are uh, related and some of the distinctions I would think about is when I think about career progression, it doesn't mean that you're, for me at least, that I'm going to be in the, the same you know, job, that I'm going to be in the same company and, and that sort of thing. It can mean some of those things, right? But, uh, but for me, it's what am I learning? What am I, yeah. you know, how am I getting better at whatever it is that I'm doing? What are the tools I'm adding to my toolkit to make me better? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can I draw on those past experiences that may not be directly related to what I'm doing now, but are helpful? So in the military, I was used to giving classes, getting up in front of people and public speaking and that sort of thing. I was an instructor, so I through some training on how to do that. Um, and uh, so that made me comfortable when I would have to give briefings in front of generals and senior leaders and that sort of thing later on, which then prepared me for um, being a management consultant where it wasn't necessarily briefing, it was more facilitating conversations. Mm. So it's a little bit different style. So from briefing, it's like giving a speech or a keynote. It's like, here's the information, you know, slide one, slide two type of thing, or here's what I'm going to do, the decision I need. Where I was doing facilitating and management consulting, where it's a little bit more of improv and asking questions. You're like, all right, Jeff, how does that make you feel? Or what do you think about this? And uh, kind of being prepared for, all right, what crazy thing is Jeff going to say or what crazy <laughs> thing is Frank going to say, you know, kind of throw me yeah. off my game a little bit. So all those other experiences helped me with that to, to sort of, um, uh, to, to react appropriately and in a way that would be constructive. So I think, um, when I think about career progression, that's the sort of things I think about there. It's sort of a little bit of a self-development in there, having, um, you know, building resume might be in there. So, you know, having the, the jobs that kind of lead me, me somewhere. Mm-hmm. When I think about career transition, I think about moving into either a different, um, really into like a different industry, 
or a totally different sort of sort of sort of area. It could be in the same company, right? Or it could be uh, it could be a totally different company in, in, uh, as well. But it's or even moving from being a individual contributor to being a to a leader. I think there's a big transition there uh, from moving from even from a uh, like a mid career professional to an executive. I think that's a big a big leap there. Or from a company um, hierarchy type thing to being an entrepreneur, like like you guys have done. I mean, that's 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 a huge <laughs> difference, right? This because there's there's so much that's different. There's a total different mind shift, different mm-hmm. skills, and 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 that sort of thing um, is what I think about. And the other thing that obviously comes to mind for me as well when we talk about transition is because uh, I talk a lot to uh, military veterans who are transitioning from the uh, from the military to uh, the commercial sector and trying to figure out what that looks like. It's a totally different um, mind shift. I thought I was actually prepared for it because uh, I spent the last uh, what, 10 years of my military career here in DC. For the last couple of years of my job, I, I wore a suit. Um, you know, it's just comfortable talking to people and that sort of thing. Um, I thought, well, this is gonna be a piece of cake. And it wasn't, there was a lot that was, that was different. Um, the army does a lot to, and the military in general does a lot to, to take care of you. And they take care of a lot of stuff that, that I wasn't prepared for. Um, there's the very definitive career tracks. I can look at someone's uniform and say, all right, you've been in about this long. These are the schools you've been to. And I know how much you make and, and that sort of thing where, yeah. you know, uh, you know, when I'm going to make a transition to a consultant, there's everything from Mary Kay to McKinsey, right? There's everything, <laughs> you know, like what, what is a consultant? Um, there's financial, there's, you know, management, there's leadership, all these different types of consultants, right? And I, and I had no idea exactly what I wanted to do. That's, that is um, definitely the first time I've ever heard Mary Kay and McKinsey. <laughs> that's in the right. Yeah, that's right. memorable. But that's it's great. It's it all worked. consulting. It's all consulting. So, wow. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, I guess in my, in my own career, I've, I've seen the progression and then I've seen the, the shift and I started out in technology. And so I was IT guy, grunt technician, moved into sales. And then from there, one of my clients actually said, Hey, we have a position for IT manager, stepped into that role. And it, that became the chief technology role uh, or chief technology officer role for that company. And so I was there for 11 years. But what I realized was I got two years experience five times. And so I was, I was kind of just going through the motions and I had that question, okay, what do I need to do? And I, I asked, I said, I'm, I'm very interested in going and getting my MBA. Would you support me in that? They paid for half of my MBA. They gave me off every other Friday. And I, was, I, I went through the executive MBA program at UNC, came out of that and I said, okay, now that I've gotten that training, what's next? So I went to the CEO, I said, Mike, I'm, I need a new challenge. What, what do you have for me? And to his credit, you know, he, he believed in me and I thought that was great, but he said, we have this project. Let's, let's see if you can do something with this software that somebody's created. Well, we ended up spinning out a whole new company and they gave us funding to do that. And so it was a really interesting way to start a business because I had the funding. I had a phenomenal business partner who was, 20 IQ points more than me and crazy smart programmer, artificial intelligence, all this kind of stuff. And so we went through that process and then that led into management consulting, been part of multiple startups. And so it's, it's just been a very interesting process, but there was the progression inside of technology and then there was the big shift. 
into mm-hmm. being CEO, president of, of multiple companies and how that changed. And it, just by asking those questions, okay, am I going where I want to go? Am I getting, am I learning? You know, for mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm intensely curious. And so I want to know everything about everything. And if I'm not learning and growing, I'm dying. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the two things, one is like, so yes, asking yourself those questions, but then having the rapport with your boss to ask, right? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we don't, we don't even ask like, well, you know, is it really self-serving or, or that sort of thing? I think a lot of people kind of get stuck there. Yeah. But then as, as leaders, it's when people come to you, you know, realizing how you felt then, Craig, mm-hmm. then to be able to talk to when someone comes to you and says, Craig, you know, I'm feeling kind of stuck, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of your high potentials or, or someone like that. And you say, hey, I see something in you. I mean, how many times have people taken chances on us? You know, we're like, absolutely. And I would have taken a chance on me. There's, you know, I, I'm <laughs> screw up. I, don't, I think that was a pretty, that was a smart move. But anyway, you know, but to be able to, to take that chance on someone else and um, to be able to identify that and to give them and who knows where it's going to go, you know, and you're living proof of that, right? Craig, just to, to see yeah. all the, the, the third order of effects of, of how that will happen. And I think we all have stories like that. You know, I have a, uh, a commander when I was young in my career flying who took a chance on me and let me do this briefing to, to his boss. And uh, it really shaped, it allowed me to be, you know, to, um, I was gonna say audition. It wasn't an audition, but to try out for this other uh, special operations unit, and I wouldn't have not have had that opportunity if this leader had not taken a chance on me and said, "Hey, I think you can do this." Oh, um, awesome. And so it led my career a whole different path, much like you're talking about. So I think um, that would be my advice to as a leader: is you want to not only do you want to take care of your career uh, progression and and that sort of thing, but others behind you, who's replacing yeah. you, who's coming behind you. Um, what good can you do for the yeah, others? Absolutely. I think that's so important to be able to, to develop your people in that way. And that's what I was doing with, with my IT team as well as, you know, where do you want to grow? What are the things that you want to focus on? Yes, we need you to do certain things for the company, but what other areas do you want to grow in? Oh, you want to, you want to start your own business on the side? Great. How can we assist you in that? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's goes beyond the, the bounds. But even in uh, Cartavera, you know, that, this came from the question, okay, what do I really want to be doing? And I enlisted Jeff early on and, and we said, okay, let's, let's look at how can we build our own company rather than just building everybody else's companies? Yeah. And that awesome. got pretty exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. So Travis, Craig, I think touched on something. I don't know if he did it in this language, but talk about the importance of owning your progression mm. because I think that I feel there's a lot of people who are waiting for someone else to grow them and waiting for someone else to give them the path. As you said, yes, my role as a leader is to reach out, but you know, speak to that individual ownership, mm. like Craig saying, Hey, I need a new challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't see that happening a lot. So speak yeah. to that importance of self ownership of your career progression. Yeah. And so development. I- Absolutely. And I think that's, that, that's critical. So when I joined uh, the army, I, I was very fortunate to have a, a great mentor who said, look, build a binder call, and he called it a brag book. And he said, <laughs> everything that comes in there, put in there, every certificate you get, every one of your evaluations, everything, just put it all in there. I still have it. It's a big three-ring binder with the sheet protectors and it's all in there. Um, and I have all those, you know, like if there's kudos and that sort of thing. So what I encourage people to do is don't do a paper one, keep it electronically, <laughs> but um, start off with 
whatever job you're in, what's the position description? Start with that. Put that in there. And then put in um, what, what do you do, right? You know, how much does it match that, that position description? And then every email you get from a customer, hey, great job. Thanks for getting me through this. Or from your boss, hey, great job doing this. Like, put all that in there. So at the end of the year, when you look at your performance review, you can have all of that information mm-hmm. in there. By doing that and being attentive to it and um, by what you're supposed to be doing sort of thing, right? What I think that uncovers for a lot of people, what it did for me was like, all right, I'm doing all of these things. I'm meeting all these goals. What else do I want to do? It helped me to think, to elevate my thinking like, all right, I'm doing good in this job. I'm meeting everything and exceeding a lot of the things I'm supposed to be doing in this job. You know what? I want that job. I want my boss's job. Mm-hmm. How do I get, what are they doing? How is what I'm doing helping them to accomplish their job, right? And so it's like, so not only am I doing all these things you own me to boss, but look, I'm also doing these things that are important to you and that are feeding your goals and helping you to be successful. So you, by the time it comes time for that, if you're talking about like a, a traditional company, like it's like you get up there and it's time for promotion. You're like, oh, I thought you're already a senior consultant. Why, you know, why are we even having this conversation, right? Um, you're already doing those things. So I think by paying attention to what you are actually doing, it brings light to, ah, you know what? I don't quite understand how the financials work and managing these projects. I need to get smart on that. You know who's smart on that? Jeff is smart on that. I'm going to go talk to Jeff about the financials. I'm going to kind of round up that flat spot just so I understand how it works. I don't have to be the expert at it, but I understand how it works and I can kind of build my, my, uh, my skill set that way. That's what I've encouraged people on my team to do is kind of find out those areas where they, you know, haven't had experience that they're not good at. You don't have to, again, be the expert, but just know the terms. Uh, it, it's helpful a lot of times and how your role fits into the, the organization's goals and, and that sort of thing, I think is really helpful. And to sort of answer your question, Jeff, is to talk about, all right, what are those things that in order to get me to that next level, whether it's to completely spin out, start my own company or to move up and be the CEO of this company, what are other paths that have gotten there and what do I need to do to get there? Um, yeah, at least, to, and you'll find a lot with the, just having the momentum of moving in that direction. You know, your path isn't going to be the same path as the current CEOs, more than likely. It's probably going to be a little different, um, but, uh, but at least you're you know, moving in the right direction. I love about that question, Jeff, is you're really getting into, you know, who is going to want you to grow more than you? Yeah. Who is going to be more concerned about your growth path other than maybe your spouse or somebody like that? But really, we have to take control of that. And to your, to your point, Travis, it was a situation where I had a great relationship with the CEO. He did believe in me. He had, you know, nurtured me along the way and, and included me in a lot of the, the leadership development. I was part of the core leadership team. And so it was, it was a testament that, that he was able to support in several of those areas, but also the, there was a, a trust built that he could say, you know, go with this. There were other people in the company, frankly, that were not, in support of me leading that, that project. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he said, yeah, I, I want him to do it. And, and there always will be people like that, right? Yeah. There's always going to be those, the detractors and you, you have to get comfortable with that. So always going to be somebody that's be like, bad. that guy doesn't deserve it. And, and that's fine, right? You just got you know, to let that roll off your back and, and you know, you're heading in, in this direction and um, yeah, and staying above that, I think it's important, like you said. Yeah. Travis, I'm, I'm, as Craig knows, I'm pretty hesitant about buckets, <laughs> but I know buckets sometimes are helpful for learning. And the, quest, the bucket question I have for you here is, 
are there some generational buckets here that you see around career progression? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm at the young end of a boomer. I'm a boomer, but I'm one of the younger boomers. And I would say the boomer generation was not a whole lot into career progression. And it wasn't about self-ownership. It was, you go to work for a company, they will tell me what to do next. I will do what they tell me to do really well. And if I do, I will progress. It was really, it wasn't about self-development, in my opinion, mm-hmm. generally. Yep. And do you see any of that? Do you see any, I guess, patterns generationally around this idea of career progression? I do, actually. So I'm a, I'm a Gen X uh, guy, and the company that I worked at had a lot of um, Gen or Gen Y, what, millennials, what, I forget what they are. <laughs> I can't keep up with all the labels, but basically millennials, young 20-somethings who were um, incredibly bright, went to very you know good schools and, and, and that sort of thing. And they are, that's not what they're, they're not concerned about a specific career or career path. What they are, they, you know, their, their minds, and I see my kids too, or teenagers, their minds are so much broader than, than, than ours ever were on the impact that they want to have on the world. Um, they're very well traveled. Um, you know, everyone was, they put on the calendars. I, I would fuss at them just kind of sarcastically like, all right, stop that you're going to Spain for a week, you know, or something like that. Like, I don't need to hear it. You know? <laughs> that's, that's all out of jealousy, but, um, but they're very well traveled. They're very much, again, like I said, they're very much concerned about, um, you know, the environment, world issues and, and that sort of thing. And they, and the impact that they wanted, they want to have a little bit of the pressure that that put on me as a leader is I'm looking for new work for us and and things for them to tackle. It's like they don't want something where they're just going to sit in a desk and, you know, pound out reports and that sort of thing. I I would refer to them. I told them this. I was like, you're like thoroughbreds in the stable, right? You want to get out, you want to run. And it's my job to kind of figure out, you know, find that place for you to to go and run and find something that's challenging and um, is meaty for you. And um, so, yes, uh, uh, resounding, yes, Jeff, to your question. Yes, there is a difference. I found that they were um, much more uh, passionate and, um, and again, I can't stress enough how much more intelligent they, they are than me now. <laughs> and even when I was at that age, it's like, man, you guys are, you're, right. you're amazing. Um, so I was incredibly impressed with them. And then as far as like my generation, and I think because most of the, the people that I know in my generation are either, you know, are in, um, government jobs or I've been in the military. So it's, I don't know if that's a fair comparison to, to say, but because most of us are a little bit more used to what you're talking about, Jeff, a little bit more of the bureaucracy. You know, if I, I have this job and then I have this job and things work out right. And then you know, maybe I get this, 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 this other job um, that, that they may work out. So I, I don't know that that's a fair comparison, but I, I definitely did see in the millennial generation, the ones that I worked with were, uh, like I said, can't say enough good about them. Um, I guess one thing I'll say that's interesting too is, you know, uh, you know, being a military guy, I'm used to, to getting up early and getting stuff done. And then, you know, I now have a commute and that sort of thing. So I want to get home in the afternoons, but I would work with them. And yeah, so yes, they would roll in at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock or something like that. But then I would get emails and things like nine or 10 o'clock at night as well. It's like, Hey, I just had a question about this or, Hey, here's this project and that sort of thing. So the style of working was, was different as well. Um, which I, I think, especially now in this pandemic, like who cares? Like when you work, as long as it gets done, right? <laughs> you've got plenty right. of time to do all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, those are some of the differences that at least that I've observed anecdotally in, in uh, between the, uh, the generations. Wow. 
So at the risk of really raising the bar on you, Travis, oh boy. you know, the, the work you do, I guess, what's the, what's the one big thing that you would, or the high, you know, sort of the highest priority you would share with people about this idea of career progression, where do they start? Some people are in the middle, but you know, what, what's that key starting point for them? I think that it's knowing yourself. And mm -hmm. so I talk a lot of times about having an, an informal board of advisors. It's having your tribe or whatever, or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had difficulty like, trying to find a mentor, like a single mentor who kind of had you know, what I wanted and, and that sort of thing. And so I said, that doesn't work. I'm going to distribute some of this mentorship around and I term it my informal board of advisors. It's those people that are close to you, that care about you and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, Maybe not your family necessarily, but definitely um, you know, people that you work with or have worked with in the past or people that you respect. And, and this takes guts. I've done, so I've done this and it takes guts is um, to get an honest stock of yourself. You can use some sort of 360 degree survey or something like that. It doesn't have to be that formal. I had created a simple Google form and it was three questions. And I said, you know, um, what is your impression of me? Where do you think I could improve? And then the third question was, pick three words. When you think about Travis, what do you think of? And just put three words in there. And then sit back, you know, maybe go get a drink because it's gonna be stressful uh, waiting for those responses to come back. But what I did is I, uh, it, it was really eye-opening. I made it anonymous is the other thing too. So you don't want people to email you back because they're not gonna give you, they're gonna tell you what you wanna hear. So uh, make it anonymous and say, hey, be very candid. You know, this is for my self-development. I need this, this feedback. So then what I did is I got that back. And some of it was hard to read, right? It's like, eh, yeah, but they're probably right about that. Or it's like, oh, I didn't know some of these things. Yeah. But what I did, especially with those three words, is I created a word cloud. And I kept hmm. seeing these words that would kind of show up, you know, and they were, you know, like they were mostly good. But the ones that showed up were, you know professional, trustworthy, those types of, you know, a diligent, those types of things. It's like, all right, well, then that's how I'm going to describe myself. That's who, that's how I present to the world. Cause it's always a way that we think in our heads that we present. Um, but then this is how I actually present to people that care about me. Um, and, and I think if you could take a step like that and just get a good sense of, you know, who you are and how you show up, it's like, all right, that opens some doors for me. It's like, especially when I saw this, I did it soon after, uh, the last time I did it was soon after I wrote my book. It's like, you know, if, I, if I'm showing up this way, I'm showing up as authentic and professional and these sorts of things, well, that kind of pushes me a little bit. Maybe I could do a little bit more than I am doing right now. Maybe I could be a speaker. Maybe I can you know, reach out and help others in other ways. So um, I think if you take it with the right, um, you know, the right grain of salt and, and get the right audience uh, to present to you, I think it could be an incredible growth experience for you. So my, I just wrote down four words to summarize the whole conversation. Okay. Know, know thyself, grow thyself. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about the power of words and it's, it's um, just, just claiming that like there's some, there's some, there's some, uh, power in that and just claiming that you know hey this is who i am this is how i am and uh it takes a lot of the pressure off. i was like i don't have to be the best speaker i don't have to technology i can be you know the travis that i need to be or the jeff or the craig or whoever yeah. um yeah there's incredible power in that i think
Well, you're using some great words for me because claiming is a word I use a lot, but I don't hear it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that claiming there's some there that's that, that a good word. It, I love that word because it's about it encapsulates so much about ownership mm-hmm. and power and self empowerment. Right. Say I'm claiming this. I'm claiming this space. I'm claiming this path. So I love it. I love all the things you've shared, Travis. Uh, it's been a great journey for me, and I know for our listeners and. I'm sure they're taking away some pieces. And I love, you shared a lot of practical ideas, mm-hmm. like the brag book, which honestly, when you started, I thought, what's that got to do? And then I realized how it connected, <laughs> how, right. how that opened the door to the growth. And I love your idea about that sort of advisory board. Most people think about that if they're a business owner, mm-hmm. not just for their lives. I, that was yeah. a, unique, uh, a, unique, a unique idea. I love it. It's the kitchen cabinet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So Travis, um, anything in particular, we always ask our guests, anything they want to promote or highlight that's going on in their world? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'd love it if you would check out my book, Making New Mistakes. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can go and check that out. It has a lot of these stories about people that have, you know, are very successful, but they've screwed up and, uh, and, and how they've overcome those and that sort of thing. And some ideas from, from history. So there's some stories from history and then some um, some more modern uh, stories of some of the clients that I've had and that sort of thing. And I try to cross that scene to what you were talking about, Jeff, where you know, here's some ideas that will stretch your mind, but you'll get out of it some practical steps too. I go in a little bit more detail about the board of advisors concept. So um, yeah, definitely check that out and feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, it's probably the best place to find me, Travis Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T at, uh, on LinkedIn. Awesome. We'll make that all show up in the show notes with our magic. Uh, we, always, we always end our episodes with a couple of questions for our guests. And sure. the first question for you, Travis, is I'm sure you're a voracious reader. I see a lot of books on yourself and yeah. you're like me. You have all these book ideas, but what's the one, if you're going to talk about leadership, what's the book that comes to mind for you? You know, the biggest one, and maybe it's one that I've read most recently, and it kind of goes full circle in our conversation. I'm, I'm a big fan of mental models. Charlie Munger has some great ideas on that. And then the book that I that I recommend here is called, it's called Super Thinking. Hmm. Never heard and of that. And it's by uh, Gabriel Weinberg and Lauren uh, McCann. So Gabriel Weinberg is the founder of DuckDuckGo, the privacy okay. web browser. And... Um, it's really readable as a good reference book, but talks about a lot of the different uh, mental models that will help you as a leader. If you have, you know, you'll be presented with all these different situations and that sort of thing. And sometimes you don't know where to start. If you have a mental model, you can at least kind of bucket things uh, into different areas and, and it helps you to kind of make sense of what the decision you need to make is. Um, it's one that, again, that I've read recently and I've really found it to be um, super helpful and approachable uh, with a lot of those mental model concepts. Awesome. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't either. I don't know. I, maybe it's one of those books I got that I haven't read yet. <laughs> but my, my other company is, uh, is called Big Think. So, oh, okay. you know, nice. I, that's, that's one of the things that I, I do a lot. Nice. Thank nice. you. Yeah, that was a new one for me. And the other question for you, Travis, is what's that one piece of wisdom you would hmm. offer to our listeners for them to just have more impact in their lives? Yeah, and, and we, we actually touched on this. And it's really one word. It's delegate. Right. It's, it's letting others do um, things that, that, uh, that they can do. If, they, if someone, and it's my rule of thumb that I've, I, and I mentioned it a little bit before, but if they can do something at 80% as good as you, let them do it. Why is that? It's going to take it off your plate and it's going to empower them. They're going to get this like, I'm not sure if I can do this. 
But if you can teach them how to do that, they will, they'll be better. And it's, it will eventually make your life a lot easier because you're going to have this, this group of leaders around you instead of just automatons who are just doing what they're told. So uh, delegating, empowering others, uh, I find great power in that great strength in that. Yeah. Jeff keeps uh, hammering that one home on with me because it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we got to let some things go, Craig. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you, Travis. Thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for being a part of the Impact Leadership Podcast. Yes. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.